0: You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling.
1: Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalog, the same keen prices online or over the phone.
0: 1 800 060 896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. It's Lock and Var Arch by a length and a half. Trying to come on between horses is Bill Haley and the far outside Buddy Hill, but in deep stretch, Lock and Var Art was too good. Bill Haley's second, third was Buddy Hill.
1: That race was run not that long ago. His second American start at Yonkers, and he went to the front, Chris,
0: and that was pretty painless for and Virat. Yeah, two for two, so that's pleasing signs uh, for connections with uh, that star pacer up there in North America. But I think many were expecting to hear the replay of the Chariots of Fire this morning, I've got it ready.
1: Oh, you've got it ready? Good. I've got it ready. You want me to play the closing stages for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Turn, it's Captain a... Ravishing, third quarter, 27. Leads by four or five metres on a Wave, and this pair have burst away. He just wanted to hang in a shade. The leader is Captain Ravishing. Pitt gets to work, trying hard as a Wave. It's Captain Ravishing. He's still clear. He leads by four metres. Inch by inch, Catcher Wave is cutting back the margin. Here comes a Wave, dives up, grabs the captain. a Wave wins the chariots catch a wave beaten in second posse captain ravishing such was the dominance chris of captain ravishing in the market as we touched on earlier that horse started 16 dollars.
0: catch away yeah it's unbelievable tell me this though steve because a few people have been wanting to know this answer to this question that i'm going to pose to you did you know the result before you watched the replay on sunday morning
1: yes mm. What, what was your first line of thinking? Well, I stayed up to watch it. I kept, because of the, Oh, okay. Yeah, the delay. And I thought, oh, Jesus. It was very late. Um, mm. Yeah, and once, look, to be honest, once he led, I thought, well, he came off the arm nicely and they just punched him out and he found the top. I thought, well, that's it, isn't it, Kurt? You know, that'll he'll just dominate this race. But, yeah, I was very surprised that horse was able to sit outside him for the majority and wear him down. But as I said earlier, you know, was it a case of he's feeling something? He wasn't at his best or... Was a Wave just too good on the night?
0: I... Yeah. Well, it's exciting that we've got another horse that's in the conversation because before the Chariots of Fire was run and won there on the weekend, we've been talking up this potential clash between Captain Ravishing and Leap of Fame. Not that this is anything new because they have met before and Leap to Fame's got the edge 2-1 over Captain Ravishing, but this guy, Catch A Wave, is legitimately in the conversation. So... This is good for the sport going forward, that there's three young horses, they are only four, and they're all potential stars in their own, right? That's his third Group 1 win now, Steve, on Saturday night, the, uh, the Chariots of Fire, which goes along with his Group 1 victory as a two-year-old, and he was a Group 1 winner at three. So he's won Group 1 features at two, three, and four. And Andy Gath, we spoke to him last week, and he said that he thinks that this is the best horse he's put a bridle on. So you know he was able to have his horse do the talking for him there on the weekend it was you know an astonishing display from catch a wave so he's going to accept for the, uh, the cha- uh, for the miracle mile now and he's currently on the third line of betting I'll ask you this with tab right now captain ravishing $3 bondi lockdown who's got barrier 1 and his uh, sprint qualifier on saturday night he's 340 catch a wave $6 honolulu bay $8. Mac Dan, who's qualified, $11. And Ryan Spice was telling us on Friday, you should be snapping up the odds that run off. I think it was $31, $11 or $14 the place pre-Newcastle Mile. So hopefully there was a few that listened and took the tip. But would you take $3 Captain Ravishing right now for the Miracle Mile? Well, is he, we, we think he's going to get there.
1: We think they're doing Bloods today, aren't they?
0: Yeah. Would you invite him if you were one of the Menangal officials?
1: definitely from what you just said earlier you know that he'll just generate yeah. so much publicity for the race mm. and people are talking about harness racing then aren't they um you know he was a dollar 15 chris um yeah yeah you'd have to put him in wouldn't you
0: yeah and he was 250 look free, in your, your gut um, feeling he can go a lot faster than that can't he yeah there's no doubt and i think that time 491 when you consider the the, the storm activity that swept across Menangle uh, earlier in the evening. There's no way that track was at its absolute best. So, you know, on a normal night, they've probably gone 48, I reckon, around that mark. I don't think they would have broken 48. It's it's hard to tell, but I, I still think that time is really good considering the amount of uh, damage that that track would have had to absorb with the storm activity earlier. How many runs have you had at Menangle now, that horse? Captain Ravishing? Mm. I think he's only had the three. It was a heat, heat and final of the New South Wales derby and then there again on, on Saturday night. That's the first time he's been to Benangle for, for Emma Stewart and
1: Clayton Tonkin. And that's the first time he's been driven hard off the arm? Or driven? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So. Do you think he'll be in the race? I mean, I'm not talking about just talking about physically. Do you think, you know, on what you saw there? <sighs>
0: It's hard to tell. Like There was obvious concerns there. The fact that he he collected so many marker pegs uh, over the final, what, 600 metres. So it it didn't look good visually, but, you know, hopefully we'll get answers sooner rather than later. So I I think if he comes through these tests and everything's right, I think, um, you know, we'll see him in the Miracle Mile, hopefully. But um, I think the race needs a horse like that for for the exposure, and uh, he's certainly going to bring that. So let's just hope that those tests are all clear when they come back. Or would you be backing right now? Uh, I'd be backing Catchaway because you know he's there. Uh, You know he's at the peak of his powers. Yes, he was absolutely primed, and he was 100% spot on for that race there on the weekend. But you look in recent years, Steve, the four-year-olds that come out of the chariots have a really good record now in the Miracle Mile. They get that extra week where... A lot of these horses that are still yet to qualify have to you know really go hard this weekend and then they've got that short turnaround the four-year-olds get a, a little bit more luxury now because they get that extra week off so right now i'd be looking at catch away because you know he's there and you know he's a, a really exciting prospect so can he deliver again like he did in the chariots of fire well time will tell but uh, right now you, you you sort of can't knock him in any way shape or form so I think Andy Gath deserves a lot of credit for the way he's been able to prepare him for that race there on Saturday night. He could have met Captain Ravishing in Melbourne in a number of those races. He could have tackled him in the Bonanza, but he sort of outlined last week, there was no point sort of going to the world too many times before the main event, the the grand final there on Saturday night. And, uh, you know, he probably wouldn't have been able to do what he did if he had gone up against Captain Ravishing previously. But Mm. I think that's uh, part of the the great... uh, Great training and programming of Andy Gath with this horse in lead up to the Chariots of Fire. I wonder
1: how Dan Malecki would have felt, because he loves Captain Ravishing, but he also loves this horse as well, doesn't he? And didn't he, he push to try and get him in a race? What was that race, Chris? Yeah, that ago. was the Hunter Cup. Hunter Cup. That was the Hunter Man. Cup. There was
0: a number of uh, media guys pushing to have Catch a Wave in the Hunter Cup. But, mm. again, like if he had, had gone around in that race, would we have seen what he delivered there on the weekend? Maybe, maybe not. It's one of those uh, great unknowns. But um, oh, don't worry, the Victorians... Uh, you know, they're sort of hedging their bets. You know, they've got Captain Ravishing, they've got Catch a Wave. So, um, you know, they're, they're still at the, uh, the top of the tree down there, don't worry. Mm. Chantel Turpin is with us now. Well, it was a bittersweet weekend for uh, Chantel Turpin, for the entire Turpin McMullen Racing Stable. Great night on Saturday night, three winners there Metro Treble. They had a, a great night at the awards night on Sunday night. Leap to Fame was crowned the horse of the year, but for Pete and Chantel and many of their star performers, they were officially crowned for their efforts of 2022. But then the disappointing news came through yesterday. We're just talking about those Miracle Mile qualifiers on Saturday night down in Sydney at Menangle, and their star pacer, the track record holder at Albion Park, was overlooked. He wasn't even made an emergency. So... We'll start with a negative first. Chantel joined us. Chantel, really appreciate the time.
2: Good morning. How are you? I'm
0: really well. How disappointed was the team last night when Black Sedans just was overlooked completely?
2: Yeah, we were pretty disappointed. Um, we don't know really what else he could have done. Um, his last start, he had the, the fastest last half at Albion Park. Um, he went unbelievable splits that night. So we yeah, don't know what else he had to do, really. So has there been any sort of
0: explanation given? Are you going to seek any sort of explanation for why he wasn't sort of in the top 24?
2: Um, No, Pete and I did speak about it, and I just decided, no, we're just not even going to worry about it. We're just going to give him a freshen up now and uh, just get him ready for our our winter carnival.
0: Okay. But you make a really good point, though. He's coming off that performance last time out where he recorded a last half of 52-9, which is just... Unheard of. He's the track record holder. So, have they judged him purely off that run in Sydney where he failed in the Lensmith mile last year?
2: Yeah, I'm assuming that's what they've done. Um, he, he did have excuses that night, like he, he got pretty keen um, that night, and that we, we believe he choked off. So, um, yeah, he's come back home. He's reset again. He's probably going the best he's ever gone. And uh, we thought he deserved his crack. And, um, yeah, he's obviously wasn't
0: good enough for him. Hmm. It's, it's disappointing if they've just ruled him out on that one run last year. But last week or last Friday night, the Newcastle Mile was running one. Manila Playboy, who's in really good form, has really good credentials. He's a group one horse. He was left out of that race. So is it is it Queensland? They don't rate Queensland form.
2: I do think that is a big, um, probably a big thing as well. Like uh, a few years ago when we had Matt Gregor, we went down as well. Um, and it took him a fair while to get a start in them races as well. They just seem to overlook Queensland form.
0: Mm. It's frustrating, isn't it?
2: It is. It is. It's pretty frustrating. Um, I think our racing up here is pretty competitive, and it's probably a lot harder than what people realise.
0: Mm. Mm. No dear to bit. it. So,
2: if we're going to look at the upside now.
0: We've got so much to look forward to in your own backyard this year. The the, the Constellations is going to be here before you know it, the big winter carnival. You'll be looking at all of those features and the end of the Minions. So you'll just set your sights firmly on those two big carnivals now?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, he'll just have probably two weeks off now. He he doesn't need a lot. He gets pretty fat pretty easy. Um, So he'll have that and then just get ready, yeah, for our races up here.
0: Okay, so you will just give him a, a couple of easy weeks now.
2: Yeah, yeah. He'll have
0: two weeks off. Okay. And just on that last start performance, how's he come out of that run uh, since he's blazed home in 52-9? Has he really come on strongly out of that last start performance?
2: Yeah, he has. Um, it, it didn't knock him around at all. We actually galloped him during the week, and he's actually probably got a little fat on us pretty quick. So, um, yeah, he, he's come out great. He, we galloped him actually yesterday morning, and he's probably the strongest he's ever worked.
0: Is there a possibility that this horse could be getting better as he gets older? Like he's still maturing. He's quite a big horse, but is there a possibility there's still just a little bit more to come with Black Dance?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um it's it's obviously taken him a long time to to probably be a genuine racehorse. Like he was a bit goofy when he was younger. Um and the Rock and Roll dancers get better with age, so I do think he is probably still maturing a little bit, even though he's five.
0: Okay. Uh, he's a very good short course horse, but he's he's very adept at across all distances, whether it be 2,100 or 2,600. It doesn't really matter with him, does it?
2: No, it doesn't. Um, I think probably one of his best runs that he has had was winning the, uh, the, uh, the Christmas Cup over the 2,600 metres.
0: Mm, yeah, that's a fair point. And, and just on that last start, uh, when he when he run that sectional or that last half,
2: was that the best he's
0: presented for you? Because he looked a really different horse. He looked a lot sharper. Uh, just the way he presented and the way he sort of paraded that night.
2: Yeah, he has. He's. he's um, yeah, he, he has matured a lot, and he's he's starting to. Um, yeah, just hold hold his weight a lot now, and um, it, it's probably easier to train him now as well.
0: Okay. Well, it's disappointing. There's no doubt about it because I'm sure he would have been very competitive. He's always competitive in any race he goes around, but New South Wales loss or Sydney's loss can be Queensland's gain. So hopefully, and the other big thing with these carnivals coming up, we just need a little bit of luck with barrier draws. Last year, he had no luck with barrier draws. He was plagued by bad gates in in the races that mattered most.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's probably no secret that one and eight aren't the best draws for him, but um, he always seems to get them them draws in them races, or he draws seven or twelve. So, yeah, it would be great to get a good draw with him.
0: Okay. Well, that's the negative out of the way. Let's to- uh, focus on the on the positives now. Sunday night, the awards night. Uh, did I count about nine awards for, for you and Pete, the stable, and some of the horses involved? Would that be about right? Nine.
2: Yeah, I think it probably would be. Um, There's a fair few trophies on the table.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I won't go through them all, but uh, the, the tally, I think, was about nine. So last year, 2022, that was the year after Pete set that record for most wins in Queensland as a driver, 315. He was still the Australian champion driver for last year. He didn't reach the same numbers, but Given what you guys undertook last year with so much time and effort going into baby trotters and then with Somerset Farms being uh, operational, were you more satisfied with last year than the, the previous year?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think um, the year before when Pete broke the record, that was probably like a Pete goal. Um, and then last year it was a massive team effort, even with our staff, like we were up in the morning collecting dance and they would travel for us down here. So. It was a massive end to the season last year and it was it's paid off and been really rewarding.
0: Mm. Was it bigger than what you thought it was going to be, the whole Somerset Farm stallion operation?
2: Yeah, it was. Um, obviously, it, it is big. Um, like, obviously, you've got to do the stallion and then uh, you look down from cause up the top of the property, you look down and there's still 45 horses to work and you're like, oh, God. But um, they, it was very rewarding. And then we threw all the brood meds in the mix as well. And we've we've invested in them as well. So that was another thing we've added to
0: the the um, operation. Yeah. And I want to touch on the trotters as
2: well. Um,
0: quite remarkable what you achieved with two-year-old trotters. Racing Queensland hasn't invested in a lot of uh, money and time with, the you know, promoting and growing the two-year-old, the trotters in general. But with the two-year-old trotters, you guys absolutely dominated
2: yeah it was very rewarding um they they were headaches, um, but we just persevered and put a lot of time and and miles into their legs like i think I think every day for probably three months them horses were in the gig, probably on the track for forty minutes, like each one of them so um a lot of work went into them and um, it all paid dividends in the end.
0: who is going to be the best three year old trotter this season
2: um well, if, if, um, well, we'll see how we go matures. I think he will be the best of our bunch, um, but he's very immature, and I don't actually think he will until he's probably four or five. So I'll probably go the Philly um, Venus Love.
0: OK. Is there an update on Venus Love? Because... She, she went to Sydney and uh, she made a real race of it with the locomotive and that form has certainly been frank. So is there any sort of update with Venus Love?
2: Yeah, yeah. She's back in work. Uh, she come back into work uh, at Christmas time. So she's she's been jogging since then and swimming and um, she'll start fast working probably next week.
0: Okay. Now, this big announcement that was recently made, that the Great Square $75,000, but it's now doubled with the... Uh, Pat Driscoll's Yabby Dam Farms and Aris Dean coming on board. So $150,000. Is that going to be the big grand final for your trotters this year?
2: Yeah, it probably will be. Um, I guess they've got to probably improve again because we're going to have southerners come up as well. Um, but yeah, I guess they've got to um, uh, step up as well.
0: Okay. Well, there's a lot to look forward to there. Have you got as many two-year-old trotters this year as what you did last year, or you've backed off a little bit there?
2: No, we did back off. We've only got one this year. Um, when it was time to invest again, they were just, they were headaches and we we're like, oh, what have we got ourselves into? But, um, yeah, no, we've only got one, a, a what the Hill Philly.
0: Okay. How many two-year-old pacers are currently in work? Uh, we have
2: 13 this year, and I think I think there is nine currently in work.
0: Okay, so you have got quite a few paces by the sound of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've got a, a lot of paces again. Um, they'll, they'll start stepping out into the trials and education soon as we're back at Albion.
0: Are you happy with that bunch that you've got?
2: Yeah, yeah, um, we've got like a a few of the the mares that we race, like Argyle Beach. This is her first crop coming through, and. Um, We've got Away We Go's full brother, so Black Dancers' half-brother coming through as well. So, yeah, no, we're happy with this bunch.
0: All right. So what's the target for Turpin McMullen Racing this year? Uh, fresh off that big year last year, the last two years for Pete as a driver, can he go a three-peat with the other uh,
2: national title? Well, I don't know. He wants to get another stallion. So if he wants to do that, I guess our racing um, operation has to probably scale down a fair bit more. Um, towards the end of the season. But until then, we'll just keep um, working away and getting as many winners as we can.
0: Okay. So just on that, uh, are you sort of starting to scout a a new stallion?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, He's been talking to a few people in America trying to find the right one for us. Mm. Is it a difficult process? Uh, Yeah, I think it is. Um, That's probably more so Pete's department. But you just got to... Like a few, a lot of people don't like certain stallions and it's hard to try and get um, the right one that people are going to support. Were you happy with
0: Dan's for what what he covered last year?
2: Yeah, we were. um, It was probably a few more numbers would have been nice, but it was also our first year as well. So we can understand why some people probably were a bit sceptical of breeding, but um, yeah, no, we were happy with how we went.
1: Could have one last week for four and a half million
2: <laughs> yeah i don't think i'm that rich <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and, and just on, on the uh, the the other side of the business you sold one through the apg and you've got a few coming up at the nutrient sale coming up so obviously that's something that's going to uh deepen and certainly strengthen in years to come
2: yeah um, we've invested been... A fair bit into broodmares this year. Um, Gavel House is probably a bad thing for me and Pete being at the races on a Wednesday night, there's no-one to control me (laughs) buying broodmares. But um, I think we've brought um, six or seven broodmares this year. Or me, probably me. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can take ownership of that one. Uh, And just with the sale coming up, how how many will you have going under the hammer?
2: Uh, We'll have two trollers this sale coming up. Um, Yeah, we've got a grey filly. (laughs)
0: and a sister to You Know I'll Be Late by Sebastian K. Okay, so a grey two-year-old or a yearling grey trotting filly. Yeah. That's going to turn heads surely.
2: Yeah, I'm hoping all the uh, the husbands will get there and buy the wives a, a pretty grey trotter.
0: <laughs> you never know. You <laughs> never know what could happen. <laughs> hey, just uh, you're in action later today at Recliffe as well. You've got a few drives yourself. So the stable's in form. Um, Elder Revelry in race seven for you. And then in the final race, you are driving it's Mr. Clooney. Is there a winner amongst that pair?
2: Oh, I'd probably have to say uh, if Mr. Clooney's probably the best pick. He's he's a war horse and never lets us down.
0: Okay, we'll be patient. We'll wait for that last <laughs> race there. And uh, just uh, one other one before I let you go. NRL Season's about to start. Your brother Jake's now <laughs> with a different club. Are you getting used to him being in the Tri Colours?
2: Um, I like it because it probably suits our stable colours better. But uh, Livy, our <laughs> daughter, she's, she's a Bronco through and through, and we keep telling her, no, we don't go for them anymore, and she blows up. So <laughs> we'll, we'll have to still watch the Broncos and um, just to keep Livy happy. But um, no, it's great. He's, mm. He seems to be loving it down there, so it's good for him. All right.
0: She's going to be torn when the Broncos and Roosters actually meet this year. <laughs>
2: She is, she is. Uh, Uncle Katani still plays for the Broncos, so we uh, she she uh, is a very big Bronco fan.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure she's a, a big fan of the waterboard because those two guys race that awesome and he's another one that you've got going really well. Really appreciate the time this morning. Uh, yeah, disappointing news, Black Sedan's uh, overlooked for Saturday night's Miracle Mile qualifiers, but hopefully it's a blessing in disguise for uh, us Queenslanders later this year. Yeah,
2: no worries. Thank you.